0: everyone, welcome to the Torvus Podcast. After a uh, delay, Jason, Alex, and myself, Ari, we are back. And this is season two, actually, of the Torvus Podcast. This is going to be episode three, and we have a special one today. We've been talking about it for uh, a little while now, and it's going to be our favorite toys from childhood. Now, the thing about the toys, we all have specific toys that we remember. Jason and I are both Gen Xers, so we remember toys from the 70s and 80s. And then you have Alex, who is a millennial, but he remembers stuff, obviously, from the 90s. And uh, we're going to be kind of blending what our favorite toys are. So we're going to have some special ones, uh, ones that you probably have forgotten about, that uh, we're going to bring back into your memory. So welcome, everyone, to the Torvus Podcast and uh, the favorite toys of all time. So we're going to get kick it off right now, and we'll kind of do a countdown from uh, to our number one toys. But we're going to start off our kind of our number fives. So we're going to start off with Alex, and uh, Alex introduced us to a toy that Jason and I really didn't know about. So it's his number five, and go ahead, buddy.
1: Yeah, wildly popular in the 90s. That's pretty much my primary reason uh, for mentioning it and I still remember when I did, uh, my mom finally caved and uh, and ended up purchasing me one because all of my friends had them. Uh, but I'm talking about uh, Tamagotchi, uh, which is a little handheld virtual pet. It's uh, about this big in size, sort of an egg shape. Initially, they came out with some other shaped ones as it became more popular uh built-in little keychain hanger uh so you could put it on your keys i guess and essentially it was just a little sort of uh pokemon like little there were little rabbits or different uh types of little pocket monsters that you just had to kind of there was three buttons and you had to be responsible for feeding them and exercising them and giving them water uh and yeah it was a weird little way to you know if you didn't have a pet to cling to that having a pet when I lived what in would- an apartment, my, my mom never let me have any animals. So that was kind of like a big moment for me. What would them. happen
0: to them if you didn't feed them and take them for a walk? Would they die?
1: They got sick. They never died. It, was, it wasn't uh, – they never really – traumatized the kids. Oh, my thing but died. Yeah, like you had to clean up the poo and stuff. And, uh, you know, they're, it would become uh, messy. And they, they looked quite lethargic. Like they did look – like they did become ill from my memory. But I, you, I don't think you could – uh kill them as far Mm -hmm. as I remember I think maybe later they had ones that they would there was ways to have them lay eggs um and then you could uh, have multiple like it became quite the uh sort of uh empire at one point where you were able to link them together and they could go on so you got your
2: friend that had a bunny also and you got them together and then you got a bunch more of them
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how they would, uh, they would work. They were there. It was, I never, like I said, I never got super into it. So I don't know exactly all the details on all the functions. I just, I definitely was a part of that fad. Mm-hmm. And anybody who uh, either had a kid in the nineties or was a kid in the nineties should uh, definitely know that reference.
0: Interesting. Yeah. That's something that uh, I just, when you mentioned it, Jason and I kind of went, we don't know what that is.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. It originally released in uh, 1996 in uh, Japan. And then a year later it came all around the rest of the world. And awesome. uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. Like you, I, I showed you a little picture of it briefly there, but uh, yeah. you probably recognize it to, to see one, but uh
0: well, what you'll see is uh, on this podcast. Obviously, down below you'll see uh, I'm going to be putting the pictures of whatever toy we're talking about, so you can see the v- the viewer can see what we're we're going on about. Uh, so, Jason, so he had that was is a Tamagotchi. or Tamaguchi?
2: Tamagotchi. Tamagotchi. So I wanted to I wanted to ask about because I've never heard of these. Things, well, so I, I mean, guess, I, I guess I've kind of seen them in passing, but never paid much attention because. Yeah. Yeah, and honestly, like I could university then so
1: it might have a different pronunciation in Japanese and I might be like victim to just like what it was called on the schoolyard playground. Like that's entirely possible, but I call them tamagotchis. I know them I Yeah. Know.
2: Do you Tamag- have one still?
1: No, no, I don't. I no, I don't. That guy. That they might guy, be dude. coming back
2: into collector's thing. So like you said, it was like 90 what? Like, yeah. So it might be a time to get back into them before they take off again. Nostalgia I- kicks in after a certain period of time. So if we only have a machine, yeah. Well, I was just saying, maybe if they're still functioning, maybe you could hack them now with new technology. Maybe make a Raspberry Pi version (laughs) of them.
0: So here's the thing about geeks. Uh, A lot of geeks are collectors, and uh, I put this out on Facebook and on the Instagram account, and people started saying, hey, I have this, and sending me pictures of stuff they still have. Uh, Your buddy Tom uh, sent me some pictures of toys that he still has, so it, it does happen. Yeah, he has some great stuff. Yeah. Okay, Jason, so that was Alex's number five. How about you? What would be uh, starting your list off here?
2: Starting starting in from the from the bottom there. Well, I have six listed because I figured we were going to do one as shared. So I'm going to go with the bottom of my list here being hockey cards, NHL, and it was WHL. That was the a lot of the teams that you know now as part of the NHL that I think of as the new teams that are not yep. really that new, like the Oilers and stuff, which they came in and joined the league. And so you got like, so I had like Gretzky rookie cards and all kinds of cool things. So it was a really, really big deal in school when, when I was in school. And so we, you not only did you collect the cards and, you know, get all the, all the sets and the teams and you'd trade them between the, between each other, but you also played these games with them. So we had, uh, there were wallsies where you, you so you take the cards and you had, uh, yep. Do I have anything that's a card like thing around here? You think I would? doesn't have something written on it that I don't want. Anyway, so you take a card and you'd like throw it towards a wall. And so Wallsies is kind of like curling. You'd get it where it's, oh, sorry, but really Canadian today, I guess. It um, <laughs> would get as close to the wall as possible. And then if you, whoever gets the closest to the wall wins the Wallsies game. As I remember it, someone can correct me if my memory is wrong. This is mm-hmm. 40 years ago, right? So it's a long time ago whenever that was um, and it's so a Wallsie's and you have Noxie's so you'd, you'd line cards up and you'd lean them up against the wall and then you'd throw these ones in there and you'd knock them knock them down so those are two of the games I remember was Wallsie's and Noxie's I'm sure there was a lot of other ones but the haze of time and my fading memory but hockey cards was it just a giant fad and teachers had confiscated my often joke that one of my teachers is probably retired just on hockey cards from those things because all those gretzky rookie cards when he was just some young punk and now people are probably like gretzky who right but i don't know so here's the thing, big deal then so
0: the hockey cards is a very interesting thing because i remember using hockey cards in our uh on our bicycles to make them sound like motorcycles with a with a safety clip and the other thing is so one of the big companies back then was uh opg i believe that's what they were called and they had gum in the packs yeah the hockey now alex you (laughs) hockey cards and stuff like that are you you're aware of them right
1: i i know of them uh but i never you know my only experience is through the auction house they came in quite a bit right Uh, so we we got to see them but uh yeah no not really something that was popular amongst my so were they
2: worth anything in the auction house like do people still no
1: they're the right ones are definitely worth something but we would get in entire collections that people had and we'd have one of our head auctioneers go through it and you would know what to look for and we'd sell like a person it's kind of sad like if somebody passed on and their kids didn't want all their cards we could have an entire person's collection of like you know, it would be like what our magic cards are just like boxes and boxes of these things, probably like five or six of those big case white boxes, mm-hmm. yeah. still maybe a hundred bucks, right? Like it, it, you just, you have to know the specific one, I think to have value because, uh, I think playing cards, uh, just kind of became really saturated after that initial fad. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, uh, I think like, I'm. how did you get your first hockey cards Did they come in like foil packs? Or what how uh, was it? it was
2: packs. I don't think things were foil back then. Foil you know, were, was like a they were plastic
0: and you could pick them up at convenience stores. They're uh, everywhere. Seven eleven. And again, Alex, they had they had pieces of gum in them, these little stale uh, pink pieces of gum. So the hockey cards would smell like bubble gum. Oh, okay. So that's like picking up like a, a Pokemon or a magic the gathering pack and having gum in them. You know, it's it's so it's,
1: weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. What if it gets like too hot too. If the truck driving them over gets really hot, did your gum ever like melt into your card? Like no,
0: because this gum was disgusting. It was made out of plastic. Yeah. Oh. I don't know what the, those, yeah.
2: But they were right by the till. There was like a box yep. of them right there, and any convenience store you'd go in. This was when Seven Eleven actually meant seven to eleven. You know. Yeah. So
1: what, one thing that I hadn't thought about um, that I'm now going to mention because it ties into the hockey things, because my dad had uh, Table Talk. Hockey game. Oh, yeah. Uh, little metal figures that I believe you had to mail away for certain teams because it was only of the original teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember playing that quite a bit with him, you know, where you'd, you'd have to twist them yeah up. Yeah, and
2: the it had little. the sticks where you could do it like the law lo- you pull them out and back and turn them yeah. around. They had those rails that they went on. Oh, yeah, those that was great. And, yeah, and played yeah, a lot and of that.
1: The little ball, the little metal bearing that had the sort of
2: uh, plastic around know. it.
1: Yep, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely spent a lot of time with that. That's kind of the closest to the hockey I ever got as that a kid. That was fun. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's a great one yeah hockey cards that's so when we're thinking about toys from the 80s and the 70s and the 90s or whenever whenever you were born toys kind of range right everyone thinks oh like tonka toys or something like that it doesn't have to be it's kind of what we remember as being fun and stuff that we we played with or friends of ours had there's always that toy that a friend had that we went over to their house because their parents bought it for that kid and unfortunately we never had it so that happens and one of those toys for my number 5 list is Big Wheel and the Green Machine. I know yeah. I never owned it. But uh, what? No, I never did. But people in my neighborhood had it. And the thing about the big wheel, which is awesome, it's really forward thinking. You got to think that the big wheel came out in the late '70s, and essentially it's a it's a tricycle. It's three plas- It's three wheels. They're all plastic. You sit on it. You you your legs are going, and you're steering it like this. And now those bikes are commonplace when you see people on bike paths and things like that. But you could ride around on this thing, and it'd have a little e-brake that you could pull, and it would do a 180 and a fishtail. So. I really love the big wheel, a great toy. And unfortunately I never had it, but. Uh...
1: It actually spawned its own like cult following of people that would build their own. This is adults that mm-hmm. would build their own and they, and they would put different uh, materials uh, on the wheels on the back too, to help them slide and do things. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like it's whole sport now because of that. So that's pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah, I definitely probably
2: people it. grew up. Yeah. So I,
0: have- I remember when we used to go over, so my buddy uh, who just lived a few doors down, Tim Hardy, uh, he had one, and they had the big plastic wheels on on the back, and they used to get worn down because they're plastic. They were hard plastic. So when you'd skid, they started to to really start to fray, and the problem is is if you keep skidding on the same place, they turn round into kind of square, and uh, they were they were awesome. They, they shouldn't have been called big wheel or green machine. They should be called death machines because- <laughs> the things that we would do in the seventies and eighties on these things, it's like, Hey, Rob, go down, go down the hill. And it's like, sure, let's do it. And you're going down this hill. And the grade is like this,
2: right? Or you get your little brother to do it or something (laughs) like, Hey, go do it. If you want to be cool, go do this. thing.
0: You go first. Yeah. It's amazing that any of us made it out alive, to be honest. So there we go. Big wheel and green machine. That would be my number
1: five. Definitely.
0: So Alex, now we're moving on to number four. What do you got?
1: Well, yeah, again, uh, 90s kid. I'm I'm kind of get getting these out of the way first. But uh, for me, it would have to be the uh, the Game Boy Color that I got. Um, when, Game Boy Color first came out in uh, North America in 1998. So I was five years old. Uh, and I remember uh, opening it up on Christmas and not really knowing what it was. Um, yeah, I hadn't really had any introduction to video games prior to that point um and for those that don't know the the game boy color was uh nintendo's um handheld uh portable uh gaming device uh the color was the second edition there was an original just game boy that came out a couple years before that
2: this is Uh, new and improved now with color now with color
1: if you combine the game boy and the Game Boy Color, they are third in sales uh, for any video game system of all time uh-huh. uh, right now. Uh, still hold that hold uh, the third spot record there. Um, and it was such a huge trend for all of my friends. Like we would, I remember we'd go to school, and it became an issue. The teacher would about to talk about us having our Game Boys. We would all sit around on recess, just in a circle, playing whatever Pokemon or um you know uh kirby uh like all kinds of different n- nintendo games um and uh the most interesting thing though was the game boy color didn't have a backlight feature so it wasn't just uh like monochromatic anymore in terms of the pixels there was color to it but you still had to have an adequate amount of lighting which is just funny now that i think back to a time in my life when i had to have a screen that wasn't backlit right and uh, came out with little adapters and things you could hook onto them and they would have lights that all would shine down so you could see what you were doing. And, um, there was no, uh, like rumble packs built into the games, but every once in a while you'd have a game cartridge that came with its own rumble pack. So the game, what's cart- a rumble pack. So the game, so the, you know, when you're playing a video game, that nowadays, vibrate controller will vibrate or it's part of oh, okay. to bring you in. So this is when they were first coming out with that technology and on the portable handheld, uh, you know, Uh, game boy there wasn't any rumble things built into it but the cartridge on the back they actually built in the cartridge this rumble pack so it would kind of shake the whole thing as you were playing it and you had to have a separate battery that would insert in there and that's another thing too it wasn't uh you had to use your um your double a uh batteries uh which we just burned through i remember that big thing yeah So the
0: funny funny thing about that, Alex, is so you had the Game Boy, but Nintendo goes back 20 years when they had their initial little controllers. And this is where it came from. And it was an uh, LCD screen. It was like um, Donkey Kong. And they only had like three different things that you could do on them, but you could move them across the screen and you have two buttons. Do you remember that, Jason? Those little uh, Nintendo ones they had, They, they would flip open and they'd
2: close nintendo's too young for me it's like that's yeah
0: well no that would have been in the late 70s i know but i
2: yeah but i was oh no that that, if it's that old i don't remember but like the nintendo stuff that i remember that was like the the 90s early 90s and i was into pc games so i missed the whole nintendo thing until a little bit of super nintendo later but which we did in an earlier episode that you should check out
0: we did so, so the funny thing is, so he's talking about the, uh, the Game Boy. I'm going to jump in here with my number four as well. So this is going to go back. This was my video game as I was growing up as a five and six-year-old because they didn't have Nintendo. So what it was is there was an awesome game that spent hours playing, and it was Water Ring Toss. And what Water Ring Toss was was the thing about this tall. You'd fill it with water, and you'd have these two buttons that would push uh, air, and these rings would float up. And you try to f- get the rings where they fall on top of this thing. That was called water ring toss. Jason, do you remember? It was that? a video game. No, it was a, it was a, just a little thing. It was like the size of a book. And I'm gonna put the picture down below. But it had you actually had to fill it with water and just push air so these rings would go up and float. You try to oh, so like a
2: through. little fish tank, and you the air would push the things up in it. Yeah. And oh, I don't know, so it's, but
1: late, later versions were self-contained, and they had like whatever leveling liquid is in levels, right? And you would push the buttons, and then the the air pockets would bubble up, and you'd have to try and set them into the little uh, kind of like a ring toss game. Uh-huh. But yeah,
2: okay, yeah. yeah so they're kind of like pinball, but vertical liquid. Yeah, things. yeah. So water ring down. toss.
0: That was that was my Game Boy Color back uh, in the '70s.
2: Cool. Hey Jason. That's old your- that's, that's old school.
0: I know. What's your number 4,
2: my friend? Okay. Well, you would talk about old school. I'm um, Hot Wheels. Little uh little car things. Yep. And I was really into them for a while. I don't have any of them anymore. It's been a long long time and yeah. it'll tie into some of the future things I'm going to mention here, but but yeah, I had tons of hot wheel things and other whatever brands it still were the same roughly the same size matchbox matchbox maybe that's what some yeah. of the other ones were it's that like i said so long ago but i just remember having tons of these cars and uh did you have the stuff. track did you have the tracks in the hot wheels that would go down in the loops and stuff no i played with mine mainly outside okay Cars, cars oh, were I- cars were an outside thing yeah so that's where I did those, and I'll get to where I played with them. But I also had car-related car, car – I'm not a car guy. I'm probably the most non-car guy of anyone that anyone knows. But um, <laughs> not as, and I'm not, not anti-car, like not one of that kind of level of thing, just not that interested in cars anymore. But there was also a buddy of mine had, had a bigger – they had a big giant rec room in their basement. They had these other cars that they were – you put them on this electric track. It was a black track, and it had these kind of like rails – on it and the cars went on there and somehow they were electric powered and you had these little controls that you could move them faster and slower. With and there was different kind of cars. You could put it, you could build the track, but you needed a big room. And I never had those myself, so I only vaguely remember. But it was a nice treat going over there.
0: So I'm going to jump in here, and I know this is going off the Hot Wheels, but what you're talking about are called slot cars. And slot cars, there was a company named Tyco, and Tyco would make these, and you could buy all these different types of cars, and they had little motors in them, and the cars would fit on the track, and they'd have a little metal thing that would fit in a groove and that would have the electricity running around it and that's what would kind of like
2: model trains but for the the 70s 80s instead of instead of the 50s 60s
0: amazing uh my buddy rob Riley, uh he had them i remember going to his house and they're awesome and you could get so many different cars and they were just really cool looking so that's a Great. great but
1: what later became really neat about those is that Uh, depending on the different cars that you were able to come out with and the more uh, sort of uh, I guess portable or uh, customizable the tracks became with their pieces. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had a set that had uh, you know kind of just your average starter kit but it was cool because you could do the traditional sort of donut shaped ring or you could take the longer pieces out and make it a smaller circle or do a longer track with curves in it as we got more. uh,
2: Yeah figure eight they had some of those ones where you do the loop where it go really fast and
1: And, and, and they designed them in a way that they, the cars though, you know, they would have wider, heavier cars that would stay on the track better for, so they would be like more beginner level ones. And then there were the smaller, lighter cars and, you know, it was the same amount of electricity driving the car. It was just how you could control the speed. Right. And going too fast was sometimes a bad thing because you couldn't just sit there and pull the trigger all the way down because it had a little, um, uh, you know, uh, a rheostat in there that would control how much current was going to your cars uh which would determine the speed so you'd have to kind of you know uh not get too ahead of yourself and just crank that button down because your car would just go flying and launch across the the -hmm. place there and we ended up having to have sort of a designated crash wall because the cars would fly off and make marks in the wall so I remember that in an apartment, mm-hmm. we had to kind of <laughs> be aware of launching the cars. But. So that's
0: really interesting, Alex, because so my buddy Rob, who had these, I remember there's different cars and people would bring over their cars, but some cars were faster than the others. And I didn't realize, I didn't know why. And yeah. it wasn't that they were bigger, but I was like, oh, I want to have the Trans Am because that was the fast one or whatever. So is that what it is? There's a limiter on it or something.
1: So well, depending on like when you pull the trigger, right? When you it, depending on how the system is, like there's so many different ways that they do it. But essentially, that's what your trigger is: is that it's going to control how much current your car gets by squeeze. Obviously, when you squeeze it all the way down, that's the full speed, and then having it fully released is nothing. And then that the motor's still in the car, so the car can have its own different motor sizes, which would affect that. Um, but then as well, too, what I found was. The, the wider the car was and the lower that it was the better it was at staying in that groove as opposed to the smaller yeah. skinnier cars or the more top heavy ones they were the ones that would fly off on the corners um but you know i, I wasn't like super into it i had my own little set that i love to play with and have my friends over um but it's uh it's quite the like almost like model trains are right like there's people who get way into it and uh they have full nascar tracks and they set up stands with little models and everything in there so there's some yeah. pretty extreme uh, slot car out there for sure.
0: So Jason, you were talking about the Hot Wheels and you say you never played with him inside. I think this is going to be a great lead. Well, in- not,
2: not, not that I never played with them. I the know,
0: World World. but I think but. this is a great lead into another
2: toy, which we talked about. So why don't you talk about your next one? Okay, so my number three, which because I thought it was going to be going in the opposite order. Um, my number three is sandbox slash dirt pile slash brick pile. Some of the best toys are free. So it was awesome. You had a sandbox, and you could build anything you want with sand. It could be dry sand. You build certain things. Certain amount of wet sand, you build things. You could build sandcastles. You can build hills. So your Hot Wheels by themselves are, like, fine. They're cars. But a car by itself just going around on a flat flat thing on your floor inside, that's boring. But when you could build a whole town and hills and stuff to go around, and you, so you're building your own track with in the sandbox where the cars can go and stuff. And Mm -hmm. and of course, then you got your construction, your construction, your Tonka things and stuff, which build the town first, and then the Hot Wheels ones come in and do it. So it was like sort of Sim City before Sim City, um, kind of thing where you'd build that. And then there was a dirt pile that got in and I'll get to one of the other later things where the brick pile comes in with the dirt pile. But the sandbox was more closely related to the Hot Wheel Tonka vehicle like things was building, building cities. Out of out of them and roads to, for the cars to be on. I used, I used I that. I used to st-
1: love the uh, the sandbox when I was uh, younger. But I actually have a funny story about being. Uh, my mom kind of banned me from the sandbox. Uh, I believe I was either in grade one or two and uh, got out there. Uh, this was in my after school care. So after school, I was uh, there was a little daycare sort of associated with, it, and then we go back to where the uh, the long jump the um, uh, sandbox was. And, uh, I decided that it would be really fun to be buried. So all my friends and I, we dug the whole thing out, (laughs) like like the entire sandbox, we almost dug the whole thing out, had all the sand pushed up onto the grass. (laughs) And then I got in there and then they buried me in it, uh, which was awesome. Um, and except when I got out afterwards, I noticed that I had like literally thousands of little red bites all over me. I don't know. Yeah. From
2: those little sand bug things, whatever those were. that
1: They were Arriving, and they were really pissed off that we dug up their nest I guess and then I buried myself but so I got eaten alive and my mom was pretty pissed off about that I thought it was hilarious but yeah I was kind of banned from sandboxes so yeah that's a fun memory
2: that's crazy (laughs) so do you ever bury get buried when you go to the beach now no I'm adverse to that now
1: I I never really thought about it but yeah I I don't really like sign up to get buried in things anymore I that's probably that yeah
2: (laughs) so do you avoid (laughs) beaches do you like not like sand now
1: I don't mind the sand. I just, uh, yeah.
2: I just. So there's I, no I, lasting psychological scarring from this this, wow. this well, Maybe like the live thing. Yeah,
1: maybe, maybe in there somewhere.
2: So I think every kid
0: probably has a sandbox story or a, a, a thing like that. So my story about having kind of like a, a dirt pile, we used to have something called the dirt place on my road. I was telling Jason about this. And it was basically an undeveloped lot. And we would walk down with our cars or whatever. And, um, so you know, you know, on the street you have your your childhood friends there. So we had we had Rob and we had Tim and and then we had uh, Doug and the other Rob and I just remember this vividly as us playing there because it was like it had
2: clay there, which was really cool that you could play with, and. Yeah. Yeah, because clay is better because it it holds together. It's like super sand.
0: Yeah, and but we were kind of crazy. So we we would do things. Again, I made it out of the '80s alive. We would get be like gasoline and like pour gasoline and light it on fire and be like, "Look at the truck going through the fire!" Like dumb <laughs> shit, totally dumb shit. But uh, super super fun. So yeah, I remember the dirt place vividly. And I was super sad when they developed a house on it because it took away this massive... It took away one of your best play toys. Amazing, right? And all gone. So there you go. Crazy. Uh, okay, so Alex, that he had the sand, sandbox in the dirt po- pile for his kind of number three. Uh, what's your number three, my friend?
1: Uh, I went with uh, Hungry Hungry Hippos. Definitely one of my favorites. I guess it's a board game. Um, I definitely... Growing up was not into board games, which I very much changed. Um, but that was one of my uh, favorite games for sure. I, I'd have, probably just because I loved to smash the hippos and they were eating stuff. It, I think it's it counts
2: a- as a toy. it's active enough that it's more toy like in a way sure. than, it, than a game it's and less- it was
1: so simple and yet somehow it was definitely captivated uh, me for hours for sure playing with my friends. so I definitely uh, one of my top games for sure.
0: So Alex, this is the one of the things we talk about toys. And when uh, this is something I want to hear from the listening audience is what makes a toy now is a board game. A toy is hungry, hungry, hungry hippos a toy. It's active as Jason just said. So I think that anything that captures the imagination of a child can be considered a toy. Jeez, we just talked about dirt and sand. So why can't hungry, hungry hippos be a toy, right?
1: Well, that's how like toys, honestly, that's how they started, right? It was like rocks and sticks and yeah. you know, Anything you could use your imagination to create a scene with, um, yeah. you know, uh, You play toys, with it and your are yeah. Whatever, right? Interesting.
0: So, yeah, I guess I would make that a pass for sure. Hungry, Hungry Hippos. <clears throat> yep. um, now, my number three, I, I have a long list here, but one that I'm going to throw in is, uh, again, from the probably late 70s, uh, early 80s, and this has a two-part story to it. Fisher price used to make uh, a ton of toys, but one that I really liked that they came out with was called the medical kit. And it was basically a kit that you would open and it had a stethoscope and it had like something to test your reflexes. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. It had like a fake syringe that, you know, would have this little thing that would turn red and, and it had not the, red. Had the blood
2: that then yeah. you'd put on the
0: and uh, yeah. your blood pressure. So it was awesome. I loved it. And like, what young kid doesn't want to play doctor with you? <laughs> you know, so it was awesome. Uh, so that's I really remember that. But the problem is, is as kids, those pieces, you know, it's like, hey, I, you're missing a piece, right? Because kids lose stuff all the time. And eventually, by I don't know month three or month four, there's like three items left, and there's supposed to be nine, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So. With with any kind of kit or something like that. Like I had a one for tools, like I had a little construction. It's like, where'd the hammer go? I have no idea. We moved, we moved now. And then you're listing more pieces like whatever. Right. So those, those kind of things, they're, they're great toys, but yeah, eventually they slowly uh, just get lost piece by piece.
0: Yeah. And it'd be yeah. very interesting to see because Fisher price has again, a ton of toys and the price on some of these today as collectors items are, we're not talking hundreds. We're talking like they can be in the thousands. It's nuts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
0: So there we go. That would be uh, one of mine, the Fisher price, uh, the medical kit. Cause I loved it.
2: My dad was a doctor too. So maybe that's something to do with that. So sure. did you play operation also? Did play no. operation and a game where you had yeah. to go in and take the parts out without buzzing the thing
0: and so that wasn't in my top list but of course oh, it's not a top i'm just
2: it's not on top list but i mean it's, when you mentioned the medical thing that's yeah it's awesome so there you go uh,
0: okay alex we're gonna go back to you so now we're gonna go down to number two
1: my number two and my number one are tied uh probably but i think uh overall i gotta start off my number two will be uh lego um and i remember my first Lego that I used, uh, was my stepdads and he was a set, I believe from the seventies or eighties, where it was the astronaut space set. Was um, it the gray one?
2: The nice gray ones with the white guys and red guys. And
1: yes. Yep. Yeah, exactly that. And and their helmets, there was no visor or anything. You, you could slip a little helmet on, but it just had to cut out around their eyes. Um, yep. very like base level, uh, Lego back to, you know, where you got kind of the, the, two block and then the 6 from the talking about the number of uh prongs yeah. on it um yeah what a what an incredible toy i think overall my time spent with any toy is it lego wins out for sure um, just because of the versatility or the different sets that I got again, I was huge into Star Wars as a kid, so uh, i 'd say that you know sixty percent of my Lego was all specifically Star Wars themed. I had the Millennium Falcon, I had the snow speeder I had the a t at my little brother actually just finished building the death Star uh, like last year he got he got the death star so
2: wow kinda but not up. at mini not at mini fig scale no well, at, at the <laughs> yeah, no, not, not, not yeah. really. I can uh, see it over there. Yeah. Yeah. But it's that's uh, not a it's, hill. That's a mini fig death star.
1: What an impressive, uh, impressive empire. I actually did a little research on, uh, on Lego and kind of how, it, but, uh, it all started. So in 1895 was just when it was the wood shop. And then in 1932, uh, that's when they sort of started coming up with the concept of the blocks, the building blocks that would connect. And initially it was just sort of uh, the top blocks that were cut out on the top of them so that they could stack and not move laterally. Um, Wasn't until uh, later that they started cutting out the bottoms of the pieces too so that you could get that sort of that locking action. And again, uh, primarily wood, sometimes metal, And then if we move forward, uh, back in uh, 1939 was when they started uh, getting their patent for the interlocking plastic bricks, which is really, that's to me, like, you know, you can look back on this and say, when did Lego get started? To me, that's kind of the, when that first piece actually started coming out in the design stage. That to me is when Lego was born, in my own personal opinion. Uh, But then in 1960, they abandoned all of the wood and metal and moved completely to a plastic base and really like committed to that brand Lego and specifically stuck with that. There's a bit of a rift in the company actually where um, some of the toy makers that were all about the wood and metal toys actually left Lego and went off to build their own uh, toy company.
0: So Uh, Alex, let me jump in here. So uh if i remember correctly it was in 1939 that they started moving to plastic because metal was becoming very um they were using it for the war effort for world war ii right Yep. yeah
1: yep and uh and that and after that is when they just they had kind of that option to get because a lot of it was wood too primarily Mm. uh right so it was kind of that debate in their mind as to you know what how are we going to move forward here and uh i guess the plastic just uh you know seem to be they i think it was in 1939 as well or uh 19, right around there but uh early 40s late 30s uh, is when they got their first injection like plastic injection uh mm-hmm. machines that they could actually when they make each mold sort of start to um, mass produce mm-hmm. uh lego as as a concept Um, and I mean, now you can go to Lego stores nowadays and you can just see the, it looks like a grocery store. You're walking through there in the aisles with the bulk bins, all the different shapes and sizes and custom pieces and, uh, figurines and just what a crazy empire.
0: So the interesting thing about Lego, uh, have you ever seen the, the show on Netflix about the toys that made us with Lego before?
1: I know. I, I didn't see that. No.
0: Okay. You need to see it because it kind of touches upon the things you're talking about. And I remember watching in there. So Lego has almost gone bankrupt uh, several times. And one of the things that brought them back from bankruptcy was when they got the license for star Wars. Right. So yeah. it was kids and,
2: like you, you kept Lego going. Thank you. you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Probably. Cause they didn't, ha- yeah, they didn't have Lego star Wars. Yeah. So, uh, Lego, obviously a huge one and that actually kind of ties in with Jason's, I'm going to say his number one. Uh, it's my number one. Yeah. You got to show it, dude. Okay. So I'm going to skip my number two and go to my number one. Cause my number one is Lego. Ah. <laughs> oh, here we go. Okay. So I still have some of my Lego and my Lego stuff is from the seventies. So I like the medieval and the science fiction stuff, which is why I'm such a, fantasy science fiction geek to this day because that's what all still still runs me. So, so this is original what you're about to show, huh? This is original and a good friend of mine got me a replacement of this so this is not my original one but this is the same model oh, that I had
1: That's so awesome yellow,
2: yellow Lego Castle with mini figs Nice Wow love it
0: and it's funny because it's over the years the the bricks got more uh they got smaller more angles you could do more things with them i mean that's lost a guard yeah but if you look at that thing it's it's pretty basic right you know it's
2: it's pretty basic but it still has like lots of cool things yeah the best setup for this but it has lots of cool things
1: yeah in my, in my opinion you don't need any crazy like you don't even have to have gray pieces to have that work right like you can do whatever you want some of my favorite bridge
2: f- works it not gonna work holding it this way things <laughs> still it- swing things still <laughs> swing open i've got the horses got the little flags all the stickers are still on
0: hey can you do me a favor jason can you pull out one of the knights and just put them closer to your camera for me yep sure And Alex, the crazy thing is, is they spawned uh, cartoons, like Lego cartoons, right? So. Yeah,
1: I was going to talk about the movie franchise. It's, it is really an empire awesome. now that they built yeah. um, with the Lego movies. And I, I don't know if you've, have you seen the Lego movie? There's, there's, a, there's a bunch of them now, but have you seen like the Lego movie? The first, not, no, not the first. Uh, actually, movie? I never
0: have. And I, I know about it. I just, I never have.
1: It's, it's, it's really well done actually. And it, it's, uh, yeah, with uh, the one I'm referring to, I think it was just called the Lego movie uh, with, um will Farrell plays the dad and just what a what an amazing story and just such a funny concept too because it was always a toy i think that interacted the most with my other toys as well so mm-hmm. if i had like a plastic dinosaur or uh something else what, whatever that would be i would interact it with my lego world lego was kind of that uh limitless uh whatever scenery i needed to make or whatever setting i yeah. needed to i would create the setting and then fill it with my toys um, you know I'll, I'll talk about my what I said was my favorite toy uh, and how yeah. much they interacted with my Lego uh, sets um, and what 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 a fun toy too that you can as you build it you can smash it, you can break it apart and it's pretty indestructible like uh, you know I very rarely ever broke any of my Lego. I think the Lego actually did more breaking of me you know when you're cleaning up and you forget that one piece yeah. and you Stepped up bed. on that and, oh my God
2: yeah. some of the most painful stuff ever but They're Lego made, Lego was amazing. It's it's not just the toy itself, but it's a changing of an entire mindset. Like Lego, totally shifted way of thinking, like modular thinking. Mm-hmm. It's it, Lego is the ultimate toy because the problem with modern toys and even modern Lego, too many things are pre-built that you want to get something. So, okay, you just get it, you buy it off the rack, it's the way it is. You don't have to do stuff with it. You had to use your imagination. Yes, you came with instructions so you could build the castle the way it is here. But that was just the start. But then from there, then you would take that and you take the piece. And you're like, oh, my God, I've got more Lego pieces. I'm going to build a bigger castle. My castle is going to go like this. I'm going to get these different colors of pieces and do this in there. It was, it, And then you're like, oh, but I want to build this other thing with it. It was the creativity of being able to do it and just take these little chunks, whether they're a one-thing chunk or two thing chunk, or three, or whatever it was, and you'd start thinking about how to build things up, and then that just changed my whole way of thinking about everything. It's like, how do you get things to be modular, where this part plus this part plus this part equals something else? And you understand anything, you break it down to its parts, and then you can build new things. You take an idea, break it down to its parts, build new things. But if you, if you just have everything prepackaged for you, you miss out on on so much that I think for training kids to think for themselves, Lego is a tremendous tool for freedom of thought creativity all kinds of and all also, kinds of things.
1: also to follow instructions though too right like it, it does yeah. definitely a lot of like hey yeah you can mess around with it and do what you want but you better not forget step six otherwise you're you know all right intuitive. but
2: wait, that's when you're learning that's the beginner one is the beginner thing is you follow the instructions you learn how to go but that's life right you follow the things you know, we get into the shuha ha ri thing if we were doing martial arts, but it's like you could go into where you follow the instructions, you do it the way it's supposed to be done, you learn the way it is, and then later on, then you know how the system, you know, by doing, by following the rules, you learn how the system works, then you can apply the system to build what you want, and then your creativity comes in and then it explodes. If all you do is follow the rules and build what's there, you're missing so much of the fun of the toy and so much yes. of the fun of life.
0: So, yeah. there are so many different Lego sets guys and and uh, different things that came out over the years and I spent hours playing Lego as well. Uh, one of my fondest memories I have is when we used to go traveling or I was a little kid and say we are going on a plane somewhere for some reason, gift shops and, and airports seem to have the like the small lego like hey we're gonna you we can build a little motorcycle and I just remember you know my mom buying me one of those, and it just it would keep me occupied, but it was neat yeah. because it would just be and then you could take that and
2: put it to into the medieval set, or it didn't matter. Another right? thing, Yeah, I can lower my drawbridge. I can drive the motorbike on the drawbridge. Exactly. Yeah. little horses there, right? I can get another thing that's got wings. You can take your, your plastic dinosaurs. They can come and invade your Hot Wheels town like Godzilla and eat things. And then they can smash through the wall of your Lego castle and the wall gets broken apart. But then you can put the wall back together. Your toy's not broken. Like you're saying, they're hard to break, but they're also breakable at the same time. So you can smash them and put them back together. Yeah. It's wonderful. You can have castle ruins if you want to do the things. It's- Another really
1: important thing, too, is that Lego could be an entire, like, family activity. Like, I've definitely played Lego with my parents before, uh, with my friends, their older brothers, younger brothers, older sisters, you whatever, you name it. Uh, a person is, like, capable of playing with Lego as long as they're not going to choke on it at an infant stage, but <laughs> three and up or whatever it is.
0: See, so it's very, very interesting that you – because this is actually going to go into my number two – Uh, pick what you just said about choking on small pieces. So here's the thing. Toys have changed over the years and we have to now be given instructions not to uh, eat toys, not to put plastic bags (laughs) overhead, not to inject disinfected into our bodies to cure COVID. I mean, these ridiculous things are coming out. However, in the 1970s and the 1980s, and prior to that, there were no instructions. There were
2: kids who were pioneers that discovered what you're not supposed to do with everything.
0: um, There is probably 100,000 kids walking around in their mid-40s with one eye right now because they're the reason that toys changed, right? (laughs) So one of the the toys that I absolutely loved as as a kid in the late 70s and 80s was Battlestar Galactica toys. And they had the Viper and the Cylon Raider. And these were amazing, really cool toys. But the thing about them that was really neat is they had little missile ports that you could launch and they would actually come out and they'd fire. However, some kid lost his eye, another one choked on it, another one got lodged in the nose, could never get it out. So the manufacturers eventually took the Battlestar Galactica Viper and the Cylon Raider and when you push the button for the release they would go click and they would just come out like an inch and then you push it back in because they couldn't be released and it's like oh we don't kids to to blind themselves now so Battlestar Galactica stuff loved it very cool didn't have a lot of it uh and that kind of I'm going to say this ties with my other favorite toy for number two which was GI Joe now, Alex, you and I talked about G.I. Joe in, in I think, episode two uh, of the Taurus podcast.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. Um,
0: we went into that, but G.I. Joe stuff, massive. Uh, yeah. And everyone has different action
2: figures that they love. Yeah, and, like action figures, it's its own subgenre. It, it totally know, we'll is. An episode and, just on action figures.
0: Right. And, you know, I'm sure we're going to be talking about some other action figures in a moment. But my point being is GI Joe for me was awesome because you'd have the different characters, the different names, the different vehicles that they could have. And Alex, you and I would talk about... uh, I was talking about the aircraft carrier that GI Joe had as a toy, which was a massive. You massive, had an aircraft carrier? Yeah, the flag. It was it was amazing, and only one kid in a hundred thousand ever had it because it was one hundred forty nine ninety nine. Uh, and wow, most, yeah, and that's you, like a thousand dollars in now money. It's crazy. It's crazy. So I'm going to be putting the different pictures as I'm talking about GI Joe and having snake eyes and having uh, oh. All the all the all the different um, toys on there, amazing. So GI Joe, definitely my huge one. I would spend hours in the dirt place with them, playing with them.
2: So that's my number two. Loved it. Action figures, amazing. So action figures. There's there's so much with action figures. I remember I remember the Battlestar Galactica you started with. Yeah, you had the Cylons, you had the silver Cylons, and then you had like. There was a gold Cylon. You had that guy with the brain like 1970s Battlestar Galactic. I saw so yeah. a lot of people watching are thinking of the new one. Cylons wow. looked different back then. So um yeah, so they had the brain guys with the cloaks and, and stuff. And then you had the, the you had the, the, there was the action figure size ones and then there was the little ones that you had, like for the Vipers and the yeah. Cylon Raiders with the ships that had the little or smaller guys smaller guys in them. I also, There was also uh, Buck Rogers toys were in the same area. So you could yeah. have them across. But the, and the Star Wars ones, like was, those, those yeah. were like the, the hugest. And so much of the Star Wars thing, some of those characters, I mean, the reason Boba Fett is so became what he is, is because of the action figure. Yeah. But it's and so many of those guys, the most obscure guys, like why do you know who IG-88 is? Because of the action figure. It's not from the movie that you remember IG. It's like, it's like, boom. Cause you had all these guys and you made all these you start, it's like so many, so many Star Wars things, whether it was like the, the Hoth Ice Base or the Millennium Falcon. Um, oh, so, I mean, that's going to go into
0: one of, your, one of your favorite toys I think we're going to talk about in a sec. But before we do, and before I leave G.I. Joe, the really cool thing about G.I. Joe is also a comic book, but they would introduce characters into G.I. Joe that were real people. For example, uh, William the Refrigerator Perry, who who played football, who's a basketball guy, he was a G.I. Joe guy. They had Rocky. Rocky was turned into a G.I. Joe. Wow,
2: I did not know that.
0: Yeah, so they had all these kind of amazing uh, things that would that would happen. Yeah, and
2: they had the little things on the back of the card, like the package on the back of the card. Thing you yeah, know. it would tell their rent. It would tell yeah. the rank
0: and what their special abilities are,
2: uh, what their code name.
0: And, and usually most of the, like Snake Eyes, it's like real name and it would be like, you know, classified.
2: But yeah. yeah, stuff like that. So yeah, it wasn't just the toy itself, but there was something to having the packages and and stuff for all, of the, all the, the accessories. and
0: Yeah, but the precursor to G.I. Joe, because G.I. Joe had the Kung Fu grip and it started to have more articulation. Yeah, but-
2: but now these are—you're talking about the newfangled GI Joes. Cause I'm not my, talking about the twelve-inch. No. Yeah, because my uncles had the like the bigger. I'm the, talking yeah, about the giant, action video. giant ones. That's that's before me.
0: Yeah, we're talking about the three and a half inch. But I mean, the precursors to that is going to actually bleed into yours, Jason. Which is yeah, what started probably the action. Video. But before
2: that, I just got to get a Star Wars thing. Back in a second. I see it on the shelf over here. Okay.
0: So you know that what he's about to talk about is probably Star Wars. And Alex is a massive Star Wars fan. Um, So Alex, did you ever play with action figures, Star Wars action figures?
1: I had a couple, uh, you know, the odd birthday, a family member, get me one or the other. I never collected specifically those action figures. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Wow.
0: Oh, yeah. That's awesome
1: but what i what i got really into is uh star wars minifigures is what they were called and it's okay. kind of like to play a Dungeons and dragons uh, uh uh board game style star wars uh where you you'd amass an army and you'd, you'd say you'd have 500 points and your opponent would have 500 points each different figure would have a different point value. You'd have to build your armies, and then you'd have to fight each other on different, like, battle mats or whatever. Those That was sort of one of the main Star Wars toys specifically that I purchased. Mm-hmm. Uh was, awesome. like, minifigures. Yeah.
0: So, Jason, did you have a favorite Star Wars figure that you just thought was really cool? Everyone has one.
2: There's so many, but... Out of things that, I mean, there's the obvious ones that people like, you know, like the Darth Vader's and stuff like that. And, you know, it was really great having Boba Fett with the slave thing and stuff. Yeah. But one guy that I thought looked really cool that I'm going to put this out there because cause I don't remember what his name is and stuff, but he looked cool. Trivia time, a, here it comes. There's like a silver robot guy with a kind of mouth thing that comes out like that, and I don't know what he is, but he just looked really cool. So I ended up using him as like, he's like an ultimate extra. He's not, he, he's like the candy bar guy from, from Die Hard in, in my Star Wars things. He never was the main character. I know what he was, you're talking about. But he yeah. was always, he was always whatever thing you were setting up with your things, he was always in there. Like he wasn't C-3PO. He yeah. wasn't, he wasn't the Stormtrooper. He wasn't Boba Fett. He wasn't any of the other things. wasn't the Cantina people, but, yet he always had a cameo in everything that I was building because he just had a nice silvery thing, just like the Cylons. I liked the, uh,
0: so like one the... So one of the, the cool things the, about... The chromey looking things. The Star Wars figures, which was hilarious, is when you'd have Darth Vader or Luke or Obi-Wan, anyone who had a lightsaber, the lightsaber would be in the arm, and you would push it up. And oh, then, yeah, yeah, the arm thing, yeah. Would that would make
2: a great tattoo. <laughs> just thinking, <laughs> seeing, your, seeing your arm there, that would be a great tattoo thing to have on there. How many people would get that if they saw that tattoo? Oh, but everyone awesome. talks
0: about the different Star Wars toys. It's like, oh, I had Slave One, or the Millennium Falcon. I had the Millennium Falcon, loved it. Yeah. Um, and again, there are thousands well, of. What's that?
2: What's that behind you there?
1: Hey, yeah, you got an AT-AT right there.
2: So, you, Can you just reach? Can you just reach back there out of? Yeah, I will see if I can do this here. Yeah. Yeah
0: love it yeah atet is amazing so uh that was such a cool toy too that was huge but there's so many man
1: yeah i I think what, what star wars did really well is that you know when george lucas was creating the movies they the uh, you know, the, the partners and everything that he was with said, okay, well, we'll take a hundred percent of the movie sales and give you the rights to everything else. Right. Like, hell yeah, let's do it. Like he believed that what he was creating was more than just a story or just a movie. Yeah. And so that was, I think a big part of Lucas uh growth and expansion was that was yeah. primarily his means of uh you know continuing on the the stories in the movies well, they made
0: they made more money on the toys initially uh, from kenner than they did the movie itself yeah?
1: exactly exactly yeah. but and the initial deal and it will george lucas especially because his his deal was like you won't see the movie sales profits it would be specifically the rights to the toys and all the merchandising and everything because yeah. they didn't believe that it was gonna be as huge yeah. a thing as it was
2: Awesome. Change of merchandising forever. <laughs> well,
1: while we're on Star Wars toys, I can't believe we haven't talked about the most important one of all, which is lightsabers. Did you guys growing up? I don't know if that was just me, but like, I've had so many different lightsabers and I've broken them. Give oh, yeah. so my friends like what an amazing toy.
0: Lightsabers were one of those. They did come out and I mean, they were just big plastic tubes, but it, they came out. I don't know if I'm remembering this right. I probably am not, but I don't remember lightsabers being, the toy it was more the action figures rather than like hey we have a life size i know that there probably was but we, what, we, we had what them but
1: my friends and i that's what we did was we had like the little lightsaber and it was kind of like a baton like like a folding out baton so you yeah. have like yeah it and, it like, and it was all these plastic things different qualities would allow you to hit your friends at different rates um but uh you know they, they had ones that would light up make sounds yep. um yeah, my, my girlfriend, Caitlin, actually has a replica Mace Windu um, lightsaber that Disney released uh, when I think the Clone Wars came out. Um, and so she has that. It's got the, the purple light and everything. Yeah, the purple one. So yeah. she has
2: it, like, nearby? Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if we can procure it for you for, in is, a couple
2: minutes. Love we'll it. See if, if yeah. Have it come in with the lights off and yeah. Yeah. If it'll make an appearance, I
1: don't know if it still has the batteries in it even right now, but anyway, yeah. It, lightsaber. What a cool, like for me and my yeah. group of friends,
2: Yeah, that's
1: definitely such a huge uh, toy in the star Wars franchise for sure. Actually now with last time I was at universal studios. Uh, it's obviously Disneyland is, and all those that probably totally changed now, but there used to be a build your own lightsaber station and you could build it, customize it with different colors, and uh, you know, uh, two double-edged lightsaber, or um, you know, the the lightsaber fandom has just exploded. Yeah. And people are still trying to come up with more realistic ways to make that weapon. People are trying to make that weapon for real. Like, for real, I've could, like, seen, I've seen I've,
0: it on YouTube. It's crazy. Yes.
1: yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's funny What's because it? the the one that I've seen is they it looks like a lightsaber, everything the same, and it's the piece of metal that heats up and it's connected to this battery which is like four like four feet across and it burns through things and it's awesome looking but it weighs like 80 pounds so
2: the guy's like yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah. so i'm definitely if i if i could have like one toy that like came to life it'd probably be the lightsaber just because that'd be such a cool thing to have good
0: yeah well we're gonna we're going to move along from Star Wars and now we're going to kind of head into our kind of our number ones. Um, I know that Jason already talked about Lego and Lego Castle being his number one, so he's going to kind of have to okay. switch it around. But my talk-
2: number two will fit in it okay. right.
0: So what we'll do? We'll start with Alex now with his number one of his number one toy.
1: My number one uh, is going to have to be uh, Army men, specifically the little green plastic figures. Uh, if you've seen the movie Toy Story, think the, the Toy Story guys. Yep. yeah, all the different. Uh, positions the guy with the bazooka he's always kneeling one knee up one knee down that was always my favorite guy um you know uh my dad uh started me off with a small set and he brought home a because they just came in plastic bags from the dollar store when i got them yeah but what he did is he ripped open the plastic bag and he put it into uh, a 50 cal ammo container cool Uh, all my army guys came in the eventually i had to get like a big bin for them because they quickly
2: yeah
1: from that size but that was my first army man experience and i used to take it i used to take that ammo container everywhere with me because it was an indestructible container Mm -hmm. with a pretty indestructible toy like army guys are pretty good like lego is definitely indestructible and hurts five times as much to step on but army guys also did their own fair share of damage to my feet for sure yeah yeah, well, um, and they're not yeah, totally
2: I, indestructible because you could take the take the matches and the flamethrower guy could melt other yeah, yeah. guys, but <laughs> yeah, but not that that, that ever happened. But
1: yeah, well, and that's the thing. Magnifying glasses, like I, you know, you would, you would melt them or break them or do whatever. But uh, yeah, definitely a really uh, fun toy. And I built full battle scenes again, incorporating Lego or taking them to the beach. But I think just in terms of a toy that really kind of came around with me wherever and. Um, you know, uh, I, I got sets on them. They, they came with little plastic bunkers um, yeah. and tanks, helicopters, uh, uh, you you name it. I, I probably had it, and I definitely uh, love to ward game it out with those, So sure.
0: It's funny that you say that, Alex. My favorite Army Man toy, and I don't know why, was like the uh, heavy machine. It was like the 50-cal machine, and the guy who would lay down. And- oh. I don't know yeah. why. That was my favorite Army Man. I don't know why, but <laughs> – that's funny yeah and the great thing about that toy is it didn't have any moving parts so it's no.
2: one of those toys which the this was a moving part yeah it's the mind which the kid that's, would that's the most important moving part of all these great toys
0: so it's creating this atmosphere and what's going on it didn't have to be like a transformer which we didn't even mention you know which were awesome but it's just it was different
2: yeah we- yeah, we could probably get a guest on someday to talk about transformers.
0: So, so Jason, you had Army Men on
2: your list as well, right? Army Men was number two on my list. So Alex and I have the reverse opinion of number one and number two. It's so close. Yeah, Army Men. It was they. They were so cool. There were so many of them. And my favorite one though was the parachute guys because oh, Army yes. Men, but they had the parachutes and you you throw them up, oh, throw them up, yes. and they'd come down. The parachute guys. It was like awesome. threw them on
1: the balcony in my apartment. Yep. I did, you, I did all kind, and that's why I like army men for me topped Lego is because I tended to do crazier shit with my army men than I did with my Lego yeah um, Lego in itself is more like building itself contained there's a lot of pieces whereas the army men like I'm sure I've lost hundreds of them but they were so cheap and you know easy to fix yeah and, uh you know i had one or two that were my favorites that i would like color on with crayon or like Marcus helmet like he's the captain or whatever right oh yeah yeah
2: you get the things and you'd paint paint the things on yeah they'd get different colored a bunch of mine were painted with different colored uh, helmets and little mark markings and stuff i guess hierarchy and rank were important to me at some point for some (laughs) reason i did a lot of that and the favorite one is i ended up i don't know what i did but i traded someone for this stuff i and it was a, it was like a it was a German like Maginot like fortress thing that it was like this I don't know how to describe it, kind of like later with like the Grey Skull Castle thing, but it was like this this plastic fortress that was this underground bunker thing with all these nazi things so that that my allies could come and attack it and stuff that was was great but then this is but then that was cool as again like just like the lego it's like the starter set but then you're like well that's okay but i can do better than that because i got a freaking brick pile here so i've got bricks cinder blocks dirt and sand like okay your plastic thing is all cool and fine but Now I can build a fortress. It's going to be just this monster thing, like this giant Egyptian complex. And then, so you'd build all the passageways through the bricks, and guys would be guarding this, and they could climb up and oh yeah, it's like my dad. My dad was
1: really big into sandcastle building, so we'd go to the beach and he would spend like hours making these sandcastles. And then at the end, that was always my thing, is I got to play with the army men on them. And yeah, that fun is blowing up the the sandcastles with your army guys. So. Yeah. Definitely lost. And you can take
2: and you ever take like the, the elastics too. And then you got like the army menu, you set them up, and then yeah, you take the shoot. elastics and yeah. bang and shoot them and boom. And, and yeah. pick the pick the guys off and stuff. We had some great wars doing doing stuff yeah. like that.
0: It's absolutely amazing how like instantaneously you turn into a child when you start talking about toys, right? You, and your yeah. your memory goes back to there. And Army Men was one that I loved as well. Wasn't my number one, but did love it. So my number one is, it's actually toss up. I have a number one, and then I have my ultimate, and that's what I have to do. I have to do it this way. So we've talked about different toys, obviously. Um, He-Man didn't make our list, uh, which is a great toy. Lots of toys. Transformers, we didn't talk about. Love Transformers, didn't talk about. We could name thousands. Yeah. But there was, a, there was a toy that I I don't know why I love so much, but it it fascinated me. And the toy was called... Stompers and what Stompers was was it was a little truck like this with foam wheels that would fit one double A battery in it and you turn it on and it would just go and it would just move so it looked like Bigfoot you know like the big truck that one okay and that's that's really what it was and they were called Stompers and I absolutely loved it because you could play outside you could go through water on mud and again they were were only about that big but (laughs) I loved the stomper thing and they would come in like different truck you can different ones. so that was my number one and i don't know why uh i think as a kid because i went to a couple of those like monster truck uh things and bigfoot and uh, monster you know,
2: truck 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 truck, truck, truck exactly.
0: rally yeah, yeah so loved it so stompers was was a big one a pretty obscure i don't think a lot of people remember it or know it but that would be my number one it is not my ultimate but it is my number one
1: Very
0: cool. So we have talked about different toys and I think there's probably a couple others that we can have some honorable mentions. And so these will be just quick honorable mentions of toys that we remember from our childhood. A couple of my uh, honorable mentions are Micro Machines. Really love them. Very, very small cars that would open up the trunk and the hood. It was kind of like Hot Wheels, but they were just on like a micro level. Loved Micro Machines. That was definitely up there. Uh, A toy that I really loved uh, which came out in the late 70s, 80s was called Simon. And Simon was this game that you'd have several double D batteries in, and it would have different four different colored pads. And basically, it would go beep. Oh, that thing. To, okay. And it would go faster and faster, and you'd have to rely on the tone and your memory to get it correct. So, love Simon. Great, great toy. Uh, Micro Machines, Simon, another one that was really, really uh, quite cool which I it was educational, but speak and spell. I love speak and spell. It, it, was, um, it was just a neat thing from Texas Instruments, I remember, and it would just kind of help you with your spelling and things like that. So those are some of my honorable mentions. We uh, chatted for over an hour about uh, different toys, and we could go on and on, on but and I am going to leave on. off with my ultimate toy, which I said that I was going to talk about, and this goes above my number one. And the reason it went above my number one is as Jason had already talked about is the most powerful thing in toy culture is your imagination. And this is one of the reasons that I think that we are attracted to role-playing games. Now, we didn't mention Dungeons and Dragons per se, so this is kind of a crossover between the two. I used to, when I was a young kid, would collect lead figurines of Dungeons and Dragons, uh, different things, rangers, monsters, you name it. And I had the ability to paint them. And so I would spend hours and hours painting these very small figurines and taking a a meticulous time just just painting them. They weren't, you know, I, I was priding myself on getting, oh, I've got the cross on the shield, everything. And, you know, we're talking about things that are about this big. Yeah. So those lead figurines really, really were one of those toys that I absolutely loved. Uh, when i play dnd i would have them off in the corner on my piece of paper and this is my representation so jason knows exactly i can tell by his smile yeah Um,
2: and we've got a whole other conversation to do about that sometime yeah
0: yes and so i hadn't got back into the lead figurine thing uh and then a few years ago jason and i were talking about it. he's like oh you know they still make them right i'm like no they don't and he shows me his little collection that he has but they do still make them they are way more expensive now but (laughs) they're awesome we appreciate you guys tuning in, and uh, as we always say on the Torvis podcast, keep on geeking on, geeking on. The middle
2: switch,
0: <laughs> middle button. I love it. Caitlin is telling you how to use the lightsaber, sir.
1: Middle button.
2: Oh, what? Yes. Whoa. Yes. Yeah.